As we continue to worship together this morning, um, if you have a Bible, I would ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 5 and also Revelation 21. As we uh, continue in the series of the Sermon on the Mount, um, let me pray as you uh, turn there and we'll continue. Uh, Father God, thank you for this morning, the time to gather as your people with your people and uh, Lord, to uh, worship you through singing, through prayer, through fellowship, and now through the reading of your word. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would stir up our minds' attention to you and our hearts' affection toward you. God, that by your Spirit you would um, reveal to us areas of sin and brokenness, areas of blindness and deadness in our lives. And Lord, that by your grace you would draw us closer to your Son, Jesus. God, that we would um, come to you in confidence because of the person and work of your Son, Jesus on our behalf. Uh, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do amazing things within our lives personally and within this community of faith together uh, this morning. We ask that you do this for the glory of your good name and for the joy of your people and the advancement of your gospel. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 16. Uh, Jesus says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Look at Revelation 21, verses, uh, verse 5 says this, And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Look down at 25 and 26. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there, They will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. Verse 27 says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it. This is God's word for us. Friends, what you do in this life matters. Both in this life and for eternity. What you do matters. And Today we are looking at a familiar passage perhaps to you and of Jesus' teaching about being salt and light. And what I want to do for us hopefully is not only see what that means, what it meant for the audience that Jesus was teaching, but what that means to us and how that applies both now and for eternity. You see there's a, a connection between Jesus' teaching of being salt and light in Matthew chapter 5 and then how that shakes out into eternity in Revelation 21. And there is good news for us in that. You see, today we live in a day and age where maybe you find yourself within this tension of how to relate to culture. You see, we have a very diverse culture in the United States, and those of you who have traveled beyond this nation have also experienced other cultures, and we sometimes wrestle with the relationship between the gospel and the culture around us. So often we can find ourselves in one of of two camps. We can either find ourselves going along with culture or we can find ourselves going against culture. 
Often we feel like as Christians, maybe uh, you want to be against culture because maybe that culture is bad. And so we often take a stance of, of gospel versus the culture or, or Christ versus culture. And so that, in its extreme sense, can sometimes be combative and oppositional, and sometimes we think the only way we can be agents of change in a culture is to show up and announce what we are against. And friends, I would submit to you that if the gospel is truly good news, we need to be known, Christians need to be known as people who are not only talking about what they're against, but rather what they're for, and rather who they're for, because of the gospel being good news. For all people, right? So maybe you're here today, and I know I've struggled with that in my journey as a Christian over 30 years of trying to find the relationship between Christ and culture, and often find myself saying, well, I'm a Christian, therefore I have to be against all of these things. (laughs) Or a more casual approach, which is also just as non-gospel, is to say, well, if God loves everybody, God loved the world, can't really judge people. We can't really be against anything. So we don't hurt anybody's feelings. And so rather we find ourselves going along with everything about culture without ever maybe making the distinction between what the gospel is and what culture is. And that can seep into the church as well. It can seep into communities of faith where it's like there's no distinction between a community of faith and just a community of people that are just, you know, playing, you know, a game. (laughs) Settlers of Catan or something which can be gospel-centric. So what I want to submit to you today is what we see that Jesus is teaching in Matthew 5 and how that relates to Revelation 21 is not, not Christ against the culture and not Christ just with the culture, but rather we see how Christ redeems culture. Right? Christ is in the process of restoring, redeeming, what he says in Revelation is making all things new. And so we look at Matthew 5, Five, Jesus teaches this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. These two identities of you are salt. You are light. Verse 16, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. There's a purpose of salt, there's a purpose for light, and that is so that good works could be seen so that glory would be given to the Father. We skip over to Revelation 21. Jesus is on the throne saying, I am making all things new. By its light, the nations will walk. The kings of the earth will bring their glory into heaven. They will bring their glory and honor of the nations and nothing unclean will enter. I want us to see what glory is and how that relates to salt and light so you can see what Jesus has us doing on this earth. Not to be against culture, not to just casually go with culture, but rather to be part of Jesus' making all things new and redeeming culture. You with me? You see, when we look at the word glory, glory at its core means the revealed character of something. When you look in the Old Testament and you see about the glory of God, the glory of God is God revealing his character, his nature to his people. So when you look at pictures in the Old Testament of, of God's glory coming down and settling in the temple, it was God coming down to reveal his character to his people. In the same way, we see in Revelation, there's a picture of 
all the nations, the kings of the nations of the earth coming before God in heaven and bringing their glory, their, their distinct identity and culture and laying it before the throne of God. Isn't that interesting? When Jesus says he's making all things new, he's not jettisoning, jettisoning, let's use a different word. He's not throwing out culture. He's not throwing out culture. We don't see this homogenous group of people in heaven, but rather we see nations and cultures and distinct characteristics, distinct glory of nations coming before the throne of God because Jesus has redeemed it. He is making all things new. They bring their glory and honor of the nations, and it says nothing unclean will enter it. Now, we can look around and assess our culture and say there's a lot of unclean things here. But isn't it amazing to think that there will be art and music and I submit to you even work, redeemed work in heaven? It, do you understand that, that there will be good redeemed art in heaven that's distinct art from other nations? I mean, can you imagine like the, the art hallways of heaven? African, Asian, Indian, Broad Street, Augusta, Artist Row? but it will be redeemed. See, Christ is not throwing away culture, but rather he's redeeming it. And when Jesus says in verse, in chapter five, he's teaching, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your good works be seen so that people will give glory to their father. They will bring their glory, their character, their distinct culture to God. And we see that happening in chapter 21 of Revelation. So what's the connection? How do we get from Matthew 5 to Revelation 21? How do we see Jesus saying, you are salt, you are light, do good work so people will give their glory. And in Revelation 21, people are giving their glory to God. You see that? So so we are here for a purpose. What you do matters. There is a reason God has redeemed you and has placed you in a culture to be salt and light. And that is so Revelation 21 will happen one day. Because Jesus is making all things new and he is using you and I to do it in our distinct roles on this earth. Right? I I want to be used of God so that any good work I do, people will see and give glory to God. Not glory to me, not glory to you, but glory to God. Salt and light is how the gospel of Jesus brings redemption. And this is what I want us to see today. So first question I have for you is what culture has God placed you in to be salt and light? What culture has he placed you in? Culture can be your ethnic or traditional heritage, which is good and can be redeemed in Christ. It can be your affinity. Maybe you are a musician or an artist or a dancer or an actor, or maybe you are thriving in your business and you have a very sharp business mind. Maybe you are into science and math and that is your culture. If you are in the military, there is a culture that goes along with military. If you are a medical uh, student or you work in the medical industry, there's a culture that goes along with that. And all of those things can be good. All of those things can be broken. And all of those things in Christ can be redeemed. And God has placed you there 
to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, so that in that cultural context, your good works can be seen so that others will give glory to the Father. So what culture has God placed you in to be salt, to be light? It could be geographic. Maybe you are a downtown person. Maybe you are a suburbanite. Maybe you live over the river in North Augusta. Maybe you live out in the country. Where has God placed you to be salt and light? So I want to talk about salt and light for a second. A couple months ago when it was wintertime and it was dark all the time, I'm not a morning person to begin with, and it's really hard for me to get up in the morning when it's still dark. And a couple months ago, I got up in the morning and my son was like, hey, Dad, can you make me some cinnamon toast before I catch the bus? And I said, yeah, I'll make you some cinnamon toast. And I, haven't, I was brewing my coffee and I was half asleep and put the bread in the toaster, it popped out, put some butter on it, put some sugar on it, and I went up to reach in the spice rack to grab some, some cinnamon. I was half asleep, just not paying any attention. And I sprinkled it on there and spread it and gave it to my son and he took one bite and he said, Dad, this is disgusting. And I looked at it and I realized that because it was dark and I didn't have a lot of light on in the kitchen because I was tired and it was bright, that I had not put cinnamon on the toast, but rather put cumin on there. (laughs) And I said, son, we're not wasting that bread. Eat it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's, He's had a breakfast aversion ever since. I can't imagine why. So I had to remake the toast, turn on the lights. At that point, I had coffee in me. But it, but it made me think for a minute that when there's not light around, you can't see what you are doing. <laughs> and when there's not enough light around, you, you, can't, you can't really attend in a focused, good way. And so I want us to see the nature of salt and the nature of light. You see, light by nature is meant to be something that not only exposes the darkness and pushes back the darkness and exposes the dangers around like cumin but also gives direction to a positive step now sometimes if you come from uh, a mindset that christians have to be against culture we can often think that the whole purpose of light is just to expose the dangers and the shame and the brokenness. And that's part of it. That's what light does. Light is supposed to expose danger and expose brokenness and expose wrongness. But light also gives direction. It's not good enough to say, hey, we are light, we are against this because that's broken and that's wrong. Shame on you. Thank you, I'm light but rather to say, look, 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 here's brokenness, here's danger, let's point in a, in a better direction. Why? Because there's good news over here we want you to see, we want you to experience. It's like if you go to the beach and you see a lighthouse, a lighthouse is not there to, to just show the rocks and the, and the dangers maybe in the harbor, but rather to help guide ships and give some sort of direction. And so friends, I want to Submit to you, if Jesus says you are the light of the world, we are meant as Christians to not only expose brokenness and expose danger, but rather be a positive force to show the way to redemption. Right? And that's why Jesus says, let your light shine to others. Does it say, so that they may see your good works and feel guilty and shameful and run away? 
No. Let your light shine so that people could feel horrible and hate you and run away? No. So they may see your good works and that that light would help them maybe find their path to enlightenment? No. It says, let your light shine so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And then we fast forward to Revelation 21 and we see the kings of the nations of the earth doing that. And it's the cry of my heart, and I hope your heart, to say, God, use me to be light in my culture so that when Revelation 21 comes to pass and we are standing before the throne of God, we could celebrate with great joy. God, look at how the nations of the earth are bringing their glory before you. Because why? Because, God, you used me to be salt and light in downtown Augusta or in Kampala, Uganda. God, you used me to be salt and light on the military base or the medical campus or in the homeschool co-op or in the public school field trip or the soccer this or the karate that or the neighborhood in which you live or the art or music, whatever. How wonderful will that be? God gets the glory. We get the joy. Because light not only exposes brokenness and danger, but leads the way. But look at salt. Because Jesus also says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, salt has many uses. Salt can be used to preserve things, right? Salt can be used if, you, if you're making some sort of meal or like you're drying some sort of meat. Salt can be a preservative. But also can be used for flavoring and seasoning. And again, we sometimes find ourselves when it comes to our relationship with the gospel and culture, we can say, well, maybe it is our job uh, not to be against culture, like to be like light saying, look how wicked your culture is, shame on you. But rather, maybe we're to preserve culture and say, well, let's just keep it from getting worse. Maybe we can just preserve the good things and just kind of quietly sit by and hope that it doesn't get any worse. Salt can be used as a preservative, but, but salt is also used to season and flavor and make better, right? Have you ever had French fries with no salt? Man, dump some salt on there. Fries. Some good stuff. Man, my blood pressure is getting higher just thinking about it. I'm like, man, sodium. But salt can be used as a seasoning to add flavor. So think about that as how it relates to culture. Uh, Friends, I would submit to you that it would be the role of a Christian to make the best art, make the best music, run the best business, to be the best medical personnel or military personnel, to be the best mom, the best dad, the best friend, the best party thrower. Have you guys ever seen the movie, and the reason I say this, have you guys ever seen the movie like Austin Powers, right? There's this scene where Dr. Evil's talking to his son, and his son's like, well, Dad, I, mean, I was thinking about doing this. Well, are you, are you going to be an evil doctor? No, I'm just going to be a doctor. Well, maybe I'll think about opening a business. Will it be an evil business? I want to open a shoe store. Will it be an evil shoe store? Sometimes we, we approach Christianity as the same way, and if you're a musician, are you going to be in a Christian band? Do you make Christian art? Do you make Christian movies? And, and I, don't, I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to mock that because there's, there's some decent Christian film and Christian music out there. And both of those bands are good, but... <laughs> I just, I'm so mean, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, I don't mean to do that, but... Um, <laughs> 
Again, I say that Jesus is making all things new, including me and my attitude. I'll just throw that out there, Revelation 21.5. God is making me new as well. Um, But I would encourage you to think beyond that, not like, well, if you're going to be a musician, you have to be in a Christian band. I would say, how about you are a Christian and just make good music? Uh, the, The music's not Christian or not you're a Christian. The music is music that is either against is not redeemed or it is redeemed. Does that make sense? The same with your business. You don't have to, like, are you wearing Christian shoes right now? Probably not. Chances are your clothes were made by a non-Christian person. But I would say if you were starting a business, no matter what business it is, there's a way that God can redeem your business practices um, and and make it a a Christian, so to speak, uh, environment where the salt and light can be seen. I have a, a friend who... I think about often, he's not really a close friend, but um, he's an acquaintance of mine who I know uh, worked for a Christian ministry for many, many years, and I ran into him uh, a few years back when he was transitioning. He was married, he has kids, he was transitioning out of this full-time ministry job that he's done very well in. And he says, you know, Jeremy, God's just moving me out of this ministry role, and I'm going to actually open my own insurance office. And and just in the brief conversation, I I could sense the struggle. He's like, you know, I just... I'm not turning my back on the gospel. I'm actually going to thrive. And, and he almost felt like the need to justify that to me. I was like, brother, you don't have to justify that to me at all. Like, I think if you're following Jesus, man, op- open the insurance business. And, and let me tell you, years later, his insurance business is doing great. I mean, he's doing very well. Uh, for, for all I can tell, he's helping a lot of people. He's making money to provide for his family. Uh, from what I know about him, he's a very generous person and, and is involved in his church and gives to missions and all that. It's, it's amazing. It's not a Christian insurance company, but he's, he's a Christian man who God is using as salt and light in that environment to, to do good things to the glory of God. So friends, when I, I want to challenge us all to look at what it means to be salt and light, to be light, not only to expose and push back the darkness, but rather also to lead to the glory of God. To be salt, not only to preserve, but to season and to flavor and to make better Christians should throw the best parties, make the best art, make the best music, dance the best dances. Again, not my forte. Should be the best teachers, the best neighbors, the best friends, the best of everything. Not for their glory, but so that others can give glory to God. So that when we get to Revelation 21, the nations of the earth step before the throne of God, bringing their culture, their glory, their honor that God has redeemed. So what does this mean for you and I today? We've said here often at Redemption Church that it comes down to living everyday life with gospel intentionality. A time may come where God calls you out of your comfort zone to to abandon what you're used to in order to go do something that's maybe more difficult or more of a challenge. God may call you to do that. He's called uh, me to do that at various seasons of my life. And then there's other times that he's called you to put down roots for a season and to thrive where you're planted, to bloom where you're planted, to be salt and light where you are. It's really hard to be salt and light if you're always on the go. At some point, you, you put down roots for a season to be salt and light, whether that's for a year or 10 years or 50 years. And so I want to ask you, 
this about living life, everyday life with gospel intentionality, with being salt and light where God has placed you. I want to ask you this, where has God placed you to be a person of influence, to be salt and light? Just geographically, where has, you, has he placed you? We have missional communities here. The whole, the whole point of missional communities is for uh, Christians to gather together and to live everyday life with gospel intentionality in geographic areas. And I, I love that the missional communities we have, we have one that meets down here. We have a couple that meet out in the burbs. We have over the river. And just I pray that the Lord would replicate those, that there would be salt and light in every single corner of the CSRA. I just, I would love that. I would love for there to be missional communities out in Burke County and in Thompson and Lincolnton and Aiken, Edgefield. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I believe that God is is doing things in those areas already and I'm just praying that we will see more and more of gospel work happening in those areas. So geographically, where has God placed you for influence? Where has he placed you vocationally? Even if you're not working a job, what has he what has he called you to do? So to says what vocation means that you're calling. So maybe you are a student. How, how are you being salt and light as a student? Maybe you are um, a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you are homeschooling your children. Uh, maybe you are even on the job search right now. I'm not sure. Maybe you're medical, military. Maybe you are in the education field. Maybe you're in the service industry. So where has God placed you geographically for influence to be salt and light? Where has God placed you vocationally? Where has he placed you relationally? Who are your friends? Who are your family? You know, I, I've mentioned before here at the church how sometimes I, I, I'm, I can be more of an introvert, especially when I get home. It's my, I just love going home and like, just leave me alone. <laughs> and um, I like that we have woods behind our house. I just like solitude. And God has really stretched me over the past couple months um, to, to really be more of a front yard guy and not a backyard guy. And, um, you know, it's a stretch for me that yesterday we had something like nine kids from the neighborhood sitting in our front yard eating our popsicles. Lord! <laughs> All these kids are like, can we get a popsicle? I was like, oh! You know, my oldest daughter's like, Dad, just I'm getting popsicles. I'm like, okay, there's people. And I, you'd be so proud of me. I was out there. I had the scissors. I was like, let me open the popsicles for you all. Missional, right? <laughs> Gospel. And then I proceeded to sit on the porch and be as far away from everybody as possible. I'm just kidding. But it was, it was really cool to see that there's like nine kids sitting in our front yard sucking on popsicles, man. Those things are cheap. And uh, it was just an easy way to be like, well, let's get some conversation going. Uh, one of the teenagers was just for whatever reason wanting just to talk to me. This middle school kid, I was like, what? And this guy was like talking about basketball, which I know nothing about. I'm like, mm-hmm, layup. <laughs> Michael Jordan, like, dude, that was my generation, you know? Um, but it was awesome. Just this kid was just sharing with me what's going on in school, and I'm just like totally paralyzed. Uh, a couple of the moms came over, and I was like, this is getting out of hand, y'all. <laughs> we don't have a permit for this. Um, but all that to say is it's very easy. Just where has God placed you geographically? Just, you know, make it a point to sit on your front porch, man, and just and let conversations happen. Everyday life being salt and light. Where has he placed you vocationally? Uh, we've said this before that it's um, one way to start is just you don't have to 
sell everything and leave the country. God may call you to do that. He's called many of you to do that. Some of you have done that and you're back now. But a good starting point is to, you serve best by doing what you love most. So that's a starting point. So if you're like, I don't know what to do, what do you like doing? If you go to the gym, be salt and light at the gym. If you like to ride your bike, do that. If you like to run, try running with with somebody else and and building that relationship to be salt and light. Um, So as you think about those things, where has God placed you for influence geographically, vocationally, relationally, and, and, and what what culture are you involved in to be salt and light? And then I want to challenge you to do this. It's not just about doing good. It's about doing gospel. There's a difference. It's not just about doing good, but doing gospel. What I mean by that is you can do good. There's plenty of non-Christians doing good things. There's plenty of, of actually anti-Jesus groups that do good things. But we are called to do gospel things. Not to just expose brokenness, but actually advance the gospel by, by being light to draw people to God the Father who loves them and is redeeming them through Jesus the Son. To be salt, not just to be good by preserving, but to, but to do gospel by bringing seasoning and flavor to the culture around us. So um, everyday gospel, or everyday life with gospel intentionality. Is that good? Something to think about? Something to pray about? Awesome. Let me pray. Uh, God, thank you so much again for this morning. I pray that you would continue to stir us up as your people to be salt and light. God, that you would give us joy, that you would give us confidence, that you would give us boldness in the places that you've placed us geographically, vocationally, relationally. God, that you would give us wisdom of what it means to be salt, what it means to be light. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that uh, that we would find great joy in serving uh, where you've placed us and serving in the ways in which you've wired us and gifted us. And God, I ask that for the glory of your name, as we look at Matthew 5 about being salt, light, and and giving glory to the Father, and Lord, as we look at Revelation 21 about Jesus making all things new and seeing the kings of the nations bringing their glory and honor before you, God, I, I ask that we would have eternity in mind in the here and now that we would see that what we do here and now matters for the glory of your name, the joy of your people, and the advancement of the gospel. So God, I pray that, that amazing things would happen in our personal souls and hearts, in our relationships, our families, and our neighborhoods. And God, in the community of Redemption Church, we ask in Jesus' good and holy name. Amen. Uh, there's going to be a few ways to respond now as we do every um, Sunday at Redemption Church. Um, before you see communion service who have bread, wine, and juice, the bread represents the body of Christ. So you can tear off and dip it in the bowls, uh, in one of the bowls. One is wine, one is juice. It represents the blood of Christ that was shed for the forgiveness of sin. Uh, when we celebrate Jesus making all things new and, and bringing redemption, this is one way we celebrate that. And so if you're a believer,